Hey everyone, this is Joe. Never give up, never surrender. What's up guys, it's Eric. Whoever wrote this episode should die. Give up, never surrender. From out of work actors. By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. To outer space heroes. You will save us. We are actors, not astronauts. DreamWorks Pictures invites you to bravely go. Hi little guy. Where no comedy has gone before. Woo! Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Galaxy Quest, rated PG. Now playing everywhere. You're listening to Worth the Lead Fee, the, pod- <laughs> the podcast for two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one point to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How are you doing, Joe? Not too bad, Eric. Not too bad. <laughs> It's good. so good that that the quotes in this movie, uh, it's they're just so good because like they're so relevant to like what we talk about anyways as fans of TV shows. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but how's uh, how's life on your end? Uh, you know, life's good. I'm it's still obviously dark times and yeah. the country, but um, life's good. I I have I wrote down two things, positive things that have helped me get through this weekend. So today's Sunday. Um. The first thing is on Friday, the new season of Queer Eye came out and I fucking love that show because it's just like, it's so positive. It's exactly what you need like right now and everything else on the news and whatever is so down. Um, so I want, Bree and I have watched a couple episodes of that. And then the other thing is I have a shout out to a podcast, totally random. I don't even remember what I was Googling when I found this, but I love like early 90s hip hop, like tribe called quest and souls of mischief and and all that stuff and so i was i was searching for something like that but anyway i found this podcast called uh passing period podcast and it's this girl who's like i think she's an english teacher she's a little bit younger than me she's probably around your age joe and she reviews or she like makes playlists of of different songs that she likes and all of them most of them like hip-hop a lot of them early 90s hip-hop um and she'll give like a little story behind each one. And, and you end up finding, or I found a bunch of stuff that I'd never heard of because she does like some underground stuff, lesser known stuff. And then some songs, you know, and then some songs where you know the artist, but you hadn't heard that one. And so I've, I have been using that. That's like what I've been listening to for music for the past, you know, few days. Cause she's got, I think she got like 60 episodes. Each episode has like 10 to 12 songs on it. So it's great. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool idea. And it's, it's, and, you know, I don't really care for modern hip hop that much, but I, I love like the relax, like having a day type stuff. And it, it's that she does a lot of that. So it's cool. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. But what about you? How are you doing? Uh, like I told you, it's been kind of chaotic. So this is kind of like our crunch time for the schools. A lot of kids graduate in a couple of weeks and just school just ends. Um, so we've been kind of trying to get like last minute curriculum out there and we're trying to get some guest speakers for the because uh for the seniors they're, they're still taking some of the classes because of everything that's been going on so we're trying to get some like guest speakers to kind of help them move into the move on to the real world pretty soon mm-hmm. um, but getting all together real fast with uh, with very little time left is yeah. kind of it's kind of stressful yeah it's tough so that's why uh the episodes haven't been coming out as consistent but that will all change pretty soon yeah, it's okay because by the time they hear this, it'll probably have changed, so they won't even know. So, I don't worry about it. so when you just mentioned dark times, maybe everything will be resolved in uh, another month or now. Hopefully, well, <laughs> as long as if I don't care when our episodes are coming out, it'd be really cool if the, the other horrible stuff going on in the world was resolved. But yeah, yeah, I, I just remembered I was supposed to do something this episode, and I forgot. Hold on, I gotta. Oh, oh I wanted to one. give it. I wanted to give a shout out to our, our supporter, Fat Stew. Fat Stu? Yeah, Fat Stu. It sounds like I'm making that up, but I'm not. Fat Stu recently subscribed and huge fan. So what's up, Fat Stu? Thank you for subscribing. Appreciate it. So today, today's your pick. You want to tell us what we're going to be talking about, Joe, and I'll then I'll talk about what I'm drinking? Yes, we're going to be talking about the movie Galaxy Quest. The reason why I picked it is if I was to make a list of my top 10 favorite movies, this would probably fall in that list. Really? really yeah wow okay yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of all time um 
the idea of struggling actors and a chance to relive their fictional roles is such a fun idea. And like, I knew uh, this film was going to be viewed at some point in our podcast. I just wasn't sure when, we were, when I was going to uh, try and persuade you, but thankfully this new set- setup here, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't have a choice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I love this movie. I'm a fan of so many pieces of like fiction. I get really passionate about my love for a film or a TV show. So like back in the day before streaming, if a show got canceled, I was one of the fans who would send like peanuts to a studio. That was a Jericho reference. Or buy a Subway sandwich and email Subway that I didn't, that I did it and why I did it. That's a Chuck reference. So two yeah. campaigns that were successful. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's this movie just captures that fandom so well. So I never appreciated Star Trek and the stories until I was older, but this type of fandom can go with anything, whether it's movies, TVs, or sports. It's just yep. fun seeing that on screen. Yep. So we're, that's what we're watching. I'm going to be drinking. I picked up a, a beer called, uh, you know, make more sense once I share the the picture of the, the can, but the picture of the can is like a, an astronaut in space. Uh, and it's, uh, ain't easy double IPA from the Radiant Pig Brewery in, in New York City. And so I got it at Craft Beer Cellar, like I always do, in lovely Amesbury, Massachusetts. And what's weird is, <clears throat> swear to God, totally didn't do this on purpose. I already know what I'm picking for my next movie. And I had picked out a beer there like a couple weeks ago for my movie that we're going to be doing next week. And then I was looking, I brought it, I brought, then today I went, or yesterday I went and picked up the, the beer for this movie. And they're both from Radiant Pig Brewery in New York City. So oh, I haven't cool. tried the one that obviously I'm going to be drinking next week, but this one is good. It's double IPA, so you have to like double IPAs, but um, very good. Definitely recommend it if you, um, if you ever have a chance. If you're ever in New York City, I guess they're opening up a space in New York City. I don't know if it's open yet, um, but definitely um, craft beer seller. There's a bunch of them around us if you're if you're like me where you're a beer person but you don't want to commit to a four pack you can just walk in and be like i'll take one of these one of these one of these and the and the price is like really affordable too so they don't they could jack up the price because by you know because you're not getting you're not buying them in bulk but they don't so if you're a beer fan uh, or you have a beer fan in your life that you're looking to buy a gift for father's day maybe um definitely stop by craft beer seller. I go to the one in Amesbury, but there's a handful of them. So are you guys on a first name basis yet? It's weird. We're not on a first name basis. Cause it is the owner of this, of this, uh, this location is there. Every, I've never been there and had him not be there. Um, we're not, I don't know his name, but we talk like, like I know he's not, he's from Colorado originally. He lived in Vermont and then like, so I know a lot about him, but I don't remember his name. <laughs> but he's a really nice guy, really nice guy. So yes, that's awesome. It's cool, like you said, having a place like that close by that just gets all the different beers from around the area. Yeah, and last week, like last week, I was in there and uh, I was walking around trying to pick something and I couldn't find anything. And oh no, I picked up, I picked up one beer. Oh, I picked up the beer for um, the sixteen candles episode. Okay. And he was like, he asked me if I like sours, and I was like, yeah, I, I like them. And then he suggested one. And I brought that home and I had it like the next night or the night after and it was delicious. It was so good. So he'll, he's cool. He'll, if you know, like, Oh, I like this and this, but I don't like this. He'll make a suggestion and it's, it's, he knows his beer. So it's, he's, it's a good, good resource. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of talked about why you picked this film. You want to give a little bit of stats as far as how it did. Yeah. So uh, the movie came out on Christmas day in 1999 with a budget of 45 million, making 90.70 million in the box office, so not a huge success. It was written by David Howard and Robert Gordon and directed by Dean Pariso. Uh, the score is composed by David Newman, who's in a bunch of movies, some we've already reviewed actually, like Tommy Boy. Uh, it's one of my favorite animated films, Anastasia, which is actually the only time he's ever been nominated for an Oscar. The guy's been working in the industry for like 30, 40 years, I don't even know how long. Um, but everyone thought this movie was going to be a huge hit. Uh, producers, actors, everyone involved uh, when it came out, but it wasn't. The fans throughout the years have been rallying alongside it, and that's why it's just gotten, you know, it's a cult movie at this point. Right, uh, so, oh, go ahead, keep going. So, uh, so, David Howard came up with the original idea that looks very different from the Galaxy Quest that we know today. Robert Gordon was brought on to do a rewrite, and he was pretty much only given details and outlines of the story, being asked to fill in the rest on uh, what he would think would be, you know, the, the foundation. 
it was agreed that was when he pat when he mentioned when he hinted into the studio that was it was agreed that that was going to be what they were going to be using um and harold ramos was going to be originally he's originally yes, attached to the that. film before dropping out which i'll go into the easter eggs why he dropped out um but yeah, paris so he was wrong because the produce one of the producers who worked with him during a film he did it before this called home fries which was his only movie he directed before galaxy quest so he was wrong because of uh, connection and dean loved this cast I'll, like again i'm gonna go into easter eggs of like some things that Remus have brought into like some controversies and conflicts but he loved the cast he was gonna be working with and uh, this could be kind of an Easter egg in a set, but it's already kind of relevant with what I'm talking about. He wanted, he loved Weaver playing the role she was because she kicked ass in Alien, he said. And it was fun to bring her into a role where she, her only role on the ship was to communicate with a computer. So yes. <laughs> it's fun seeing that. Like, <laughs> so he was, it, it's, he was the best choice. For someone, the suit took a huge risk bringing in like a, a new director for a film that they thought was going to be a huge hit. And in the end, it paid off. Not, didn't pay off the when it came out, but over the years, this people love it. Yeah, um, yeah. That so, like you said, financially, it, you know, maybe it didn't do as well as they were hoping. But I was shocked when I when you told me that this we're going to be reviewing. The first thing you know you do is you I searched it because I, I was pretty sure I hadn't seen this movie, and I was right. I, I hadn't seen this movie. This is my first time seeing the film, and. Um, you know, you, you Google it, it's 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomato, Tomatoes, surprisingly high reviews really across the board from other sites and critics and, and all that stuff. So, which I'm not gonna lie, that caught me off guard, probably because it didn't do commercially, it didn't do as well as they hoped. So I kind of probably just blew sometimes, it off. But. Sometimes those are the, uh, those are the hidden gems, but yeah, it's, a lot of it's, them, fine, a lot it's of fine too. Even Star Trek fans rate this as like one, like the, Best Star, uh, Star Trek I, fans. The seventh, they rated it the seventh best Star Trek film. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I saw Star that. Star Trek fans are all on board with this movie, which is great. <laughs> so, this came out Christmas of 99. Some other things that happened in December of 99. Uh, a couple, I'll start out with probably this, a couple sad ones, but um, I don't know if I was wondering how you would, what your memory of this would be, Joe. But you remember the Worcester Six in, in Massachusetts, the six firemen who died in the fire in the warehouse? No, I don't. Yeah, so so there was this huge – Joe and I live in Massachusetts, and there was this huge fire in, in Worcester, Mass., which is a, a city not in western Mass., but west of us. And um, it tragically killed six firefighters. And um, I think that's less – talked about now although now if you try to if you remember it you'll see like on anniversaries they'll they'll you'll hear about it um but it, it was that was kind of like 9-11 before 9-11 for people in massachusetts because it was so sad and whatever so that's a downer to bring it a little bit up but still not really happy jay-z stabbed record executive lance rivera at a nightclub in new york city so don't don't piss off Jay Z. That's the lesson there. Didn't know that either. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it was over like, it was something like he he thought he like co- like a copyright thing, and it's like, dude, get a lawyer or something. You have a lot of money. What do you? Whatever happened to Jay Z after that? Well, he got probation or something. He got charged. He he first he said he didn't. First he said he didn't do it. They tried to say like that camera footage said that he wasn't in the area when he got stabbed, but then. So I think I could be wrong. I don't remember this exactly, but I think he pled not guilty. And then like a week later or something, they probably showed him stuff and he was like, all right, you got me. I did it. <laughs> they, he got probation. That's the benefit of being Jay-Z is you can stab someone in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of everyone. Cause it was at, it was at a, um, like a record release party or something. So it wasn't like he did it in an alley where no one could see it. It was like, whatever. But, and then a little up from that, although this actually might be worse than that, uh, Putin took charge of Russia, and that's gone. That's oh, yeah, gone that's very that. well. <laughs> and then uh, this is uh, any happy any happy thoughts on here somewhere, Eric? Well, this, this isn't happy, but it's 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 um, it's a throwback. And I was going to ask what your memory of this was. So, 1999, I'm 14. This was my life. This is everything to me. Napster got charged with a uh, copyright infringement. Oh, did you, Napster. Was Napster ever a thing for you? 
So I was around when Napster was used, but I came onto a little late. So like I was more, I used like LimeWire and Kazaa. So like I missed yeah. the Napster days. I, I was on there for like the very end, but <clears throat> oh yeah, I remember that whole thing with the Metallica singer. He was infamous for kind of going against them and yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yep. Napster for me and my friends was, it was everything. I, Cause I never, I bought some CDs, but I never, I didn't, I don't know. Like there was just a bunch of, the good thing about Napster and you see it now with like other things, like whether it's like Pandora or YouTube, Spotify or whatever you want to, is you were, you would give music a chance that you normally wouldn't give a chance because you could get it now given you were stealing it, but I'm not trying to defend that, but um, yeah. So Napster, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much what I, I, I use like LimeWire and Kazaa for a lot of sound clips from movies. Right, right. So that, that's all I had for other news going on in 99. As usual, there was some other stuff that was like, you know, this guy got killed, that guy got killed. Jesus, but I, well, on a happy note, it's Christmas Day. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. It was surprising me that this came out on Christmas Day. I, yeah, that's kind of it's, odd. I was never like, I was never <laughs> one to go to movies on Christmas Day. It's like when movies come out, I know it's a big, it's like Black Friday for movie theaters, but I was never the, I was never the, the person who would go to a movie on Christmas Day. Well, and it's weird that like you think that th- this movie in general doesn't strike this. I don't. I don't know when I would think this movie would come out, but it doesn't seem like a Christmas. I know it's not a Christmas movie, but it seems like something they would put out in like I don't know. I guess I can't really think of a time where you would it would be perfect for this movie. So that's oh, probably the answer. It's funny. They, like they said, they thought it was gonna be a huge hit, so they put on Christmas Day because that's a big that's a big day for yeah. a movie, and it didn't do very well. <laughs> so it's right, it's right. Shame. So what's your first memory? of this movie it's i actually saw this movie in theaters i was one of the i didn't see it on christmas day but i did see it in theaters and i saw it because at the time tim allen for me was recognizable so like i watched more proven every so often as a kid because my parents did so like i would maybe jump on the couch with them and watch it but his disney appearances like the santa claus and toy story is how i knew him so i already said but i haven't i hadn't seen i hadn't seen this movie until this week but my first memory of it, I, I have a similar thing, you know, as you in the Tim Tim Allen thing, but but opposite. I loved Home Improvement when I was a kid. My whole relationship with Tim Allen, if nothing else, this movie has the has made me like evaluate because I, I Home Improvement when I was a kid was my favorite show. My mom liked it. I liked it. We would watch it together. I saw every episode. I loved it. Right. And then, so when this movie came out, I remember, because I think Home Improvement was like, it ended right before this. It ended this in 99. Ended, right. Yeah. So I think it was kind of like too soon for me. You know what I mean? I was like, you're, you're Tim the Tool Man. You're not Galaxy Quest guy. And on top of that, like I've said before, sci-fi is just not my thing. Um, so I just didn't have any interest in it. Um, and But I think it was mostly because Tim Allen to me was, Tim the Tool Man, and he wasn't this guy. So, uh, I guess that kind of. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say though, uh, Home Improvement. Though I actually fell in love with it later on in life, like through reruns, and since I bought DVDs and all that. So, as a kid, I didn't really get it. I feel like, but as like, you know, a teenager going into my adulthood, I just fell in love with Home Improvement. It's so weird because, like that whole Tim Allen's such an interesting character because, like, he. he he had a he had a he's had some ups and downs in life outside of film, which we don't need to get into. But he even on screen, or even like in his celebrity life, I should say, he in Home Improvement he was Home Improvement and Santa Claus and you know Toy Story, even though it's just a voice, like he was super likable. And then he does some stuff where you're like not necessarily in film, but he says things or does things where you're like. Yeah, probably, no, I I agree. You know what like I mean? it's I love Tim Allen. I, I I love Tim Allen. I really do. Um, but sometimes, like, thankfully, he hasn't done anything controversial to the point where you know he's he should be like jailed or anything. It's mostly like his he's very outspoken with his politics, right? But, but thankfully, like that, while I don't agree with his politics, thankfully, like that isn't. I I don't have to hate him because like of like you know the Kevin Spacey route, for example. So it's right. Like, Jamal thankfully hasn't done anything to make me hate him and look at his past work differently. But I do agree with you how he's very outspoken at times and it's 
Well, and it's not even like his politics because I don't like it when either side like. Oh who, no, I agree. When they're very when they're solid spoken, like they try getting you to. It's almost like uh uh God, what's the people who walk around trying to catch you into their religion? Who, who, oh, Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Witness, yes. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, you do you, man. Like that's cool. But but if like if you, if there's something you really want to speak out, speak up. Are out against because you think it's like that important is one thing, but anyway, yeah, we don't need to we don't need to talk about. I, it I agree, I agree. But, but so yeah, Tim Allen. That kind of leads into some of the big people in the movie and what they were doing before this film. So Tim Allen, like we said, he did Home Improvement from '91 to '99. He had Santa Claus in '94, Toy Story in '95, Jungle the Jungle, which I secretly liked when that I was movie. A kid. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, I really did. I now. That's I haven't the, seen that movie since probably 99 or that's something. The, that's but one of those movies that you can only get through the uh, Disney Movie Club. You can actually buy in the stores. <laughs> really? Yeah. They never released that's it. Weird. Because, yeah. That's weird. There's one line in that movie that will 100% be my quote if we ever were to do that movie. I'll tell you about it later. But I remember I look back on it now. I'm like, how is that in a, a movie for kids? But <laughs> anyway, um, so he did Toy Story 2 in 99, this in 99. So he had a pretty good 99. And then Santa Claus 2 in 2002. And then he's done some other stuff. Um, and now he's kind of in that circuit of like, I'm an older guy filming like the dad movies, you know, like the wild hog stuff and the whatever, which, you know, that's what it is. What are you going to He's on that. I think he's on that show that, that just ended recently as well. I forgot what it's Oh, called. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember but, either. But I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. And I saw it on his uh, <laughs> like filmography and I didn't realize how long that show ran. It got canceled. It got picked up. It's one of those success stories. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Sigourney Weaver, um, obviously she had, she's had quite the career. Um, so I'm going to miss, leading up to this, I'm going to name just a few movies, but there, there's a bunch. She's a super successful actress. Alien in 79, Ghostbusters in 84, Aliens, Aliens in 86, Ghostbusters 2 in 89, Alien 3 in 92, so quite the career before this 99 and she had a bunch of other movies those are just some of the big ones um also uh alan rickman the late great one of my favorite actors um i just love the guy yeah, uh Di yeah die hard in 88 robin hood 91 a movie that i like because um i'm into irish history not that it's the most historically accurate uh michael collins in 96 uh dogma in 99 this in 99 obviously later on the harry potter films love actually a million other things and then he had you know british television and theater and um very sad that that he passed away but yeah. alan rickman reminds me so much of uh he looks a lot like my uncle one of my uncles but that's not why I like him. He's, I just, I think he's just a great actor. Yeah, he's, he's one of the all-time greats. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna let you. We we have the kind of the the random facts. The more you know, random facts. I'm gonna let you kind of handle that because you 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 listed off a couple of mine already. So I'd rather. I only really have a couple. I, most of them are just like in the back of my head. So like I can just tell a couple I have. Um, sure. And then after that, I will. Since this movie might not be one of the more one well known ones. I'll jump into the uh, DVD cover reading after this. Oh, oh yeah. You want to do you want to do that now? I can do it now if you want. Yeah, let, yeah me go ahead. Ahead. let me pull up real quick. For four years, the courageous crew of the NSCA protector, Commander Peter Quincy Taggart, Lieutenant Tony Madison, and Doctor Lazarus set off on thrilling and often dangerous missions in space, and then their search was canceled. Now, twenty years later. Aliens under attack have mistaken the Galaxy Quest television transmission for historical documents and beamed up the crew of has-been actors to save the universe. With no script, no director, and no clue, the actors must turn in their performances of their lives in this hilarious adventure Jeffrey Lyons calls the funniest, wittiest comedy of the year. Thanks, Jeffrey. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a pretty good description, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so you, you want to give your random facts? I deleted a couple of mine off my list because we already talked about them. But you can go over them again. Kevin Klein was the actor that everyone, including yes. the studio, agreed to play Jason Na uh, Nesmith originally, but declined. Kevin Klein declined that role. Um, other names considered was Bruce Willis, Bill Murray, Mel Gibson, a few others. I, I read Alec Baldwin, too. Alec Baldwin was one of them. Um, but Alan was finally chosen since he's a huge sci-fi fan, even a collector of memorabilia. 
So he's actually a fan of the genre, which for that alone, that just like that alone kind of sells you on an actor if they're passionate about something. And Harold didn't agree with the casting and ended up dropping out right when the production was about to start. So his problem with Alan was he didn't really know Alan, but he had a f- sense that he wouldn't get along with him. Like he, like another actor, one of his previous films that didn't do very well. So before he gets to the point of production, he just dropped out right before they're going to start shooting. So it kind of threw the studio into a little bit of a, just a chaotic moment where they were trying to find a new director before the production was going to start. Another little fun scene. So a lot of these facts can be um, found or discovered, I guess. And there's a documentary called Never Surrender. Which hey, came I have out. that down, yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome. It's on Prime too. If you if you ever if you're Prime, but it's a really cool documentary of uh, that was put up on the 20th anniversary uh, that talks about a lot of this stuff, a lot of the how it's things. Got to be 20th just, 20th anniversary, right? That, yeah, the, that's okay. what I said. But I'm okay. Yeah, 20th anniversary. Um, and they talk about like how things were put together, the backstory of production, the ups and downs, because there were a lot a lot of ups and downs. And another little fun fact was in the scene when there when they have the fans played by Justin Long, he's helping the cast and uh, um, Alan's character and Weaver's character come over between these little obstacles in the scene. She says, well, screw that. You can kind of see that it wasn't meant to be screw that. It was actually meant to be fuck that. And they actually beeped it out in the original cut. They yep. cut a bunch of this movie out to care more towards kids. Yeah. And to get that PG rating and to get that PG rating, which right, is so like, huge, especially coming out on Christmas vacation week exactly and like the, the sidetrack audience was so niche to begin with so it's like they had to get it out to a more broader audience so that was their attempt to do that but it's fine in the movie you can actually see how it doesn't fit along with screw that when she says it it kind of like slows down for a second so yeah what do you have so i have, i have just a few um so the bad guy saris or saris um was named after film critic Andrew Saris, who was outspoken about producer Mark Johnson's previous film, The Natural. So it was kind of like a, uh, an F you to, to a film critic, which I thought as a person, as a big fan of spiteful things, I love that. <laughs> um, there have been, and as recently as like 2018, they've gone back and forth, like, but you know, you don't want to give fans like you too much hope but there have been talks and it's been kicked around that there might be a sequel so i was so i was one of the fans who was so hopeful but with rickon's passing i don't want to see it now like it's yeah. to do a tv tv series that was also rumored with different cast members maybe but no with not with your child cast yeah it's sad um in theaters the first 20 minutes of the film were presented in the the 185 one aspect ratio before blowing out <clears throat> into 235 one when the spaceship lands on thermia oh i so, know that yeah yeah, I know that's not that. Yeah, I just learned you something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of the first films to have its own website, which that's that's if you you know if you're younger, that's pretty interesting. Cool. Uh, about that line, about what you're going to write there too. This is one of the this film came out in '99, and while there were conferences around that time, this is kind of like before things like Comic Con got big. So it's funny seeing this movie kind of push that into more like mainstream like gatherings right. with fans and all that so that was a really cool topic to touch upon the yeah, documentary briefly right probably my <clears throat> probably my favorite part of the film um is a couple debuts rain wilson's first film um which you know he doesn't play a huge role but he's in it and you, the first time i noticed him was in the car ride because he was before that uh, he was in the film before that but he just there's a scene in the car where he like looks and you're like hey that's dwight so uh, Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office, his first film, Justin Long's feature film debut as well, um, it, which and he was probably he was probably the best part of the movie to me, I think. But uh, Long almost lost the role to some pretty big, you know, for big name compared to him at the time, actors. He almost lost it to Kieran Cullen, Kieran Culkin, Eddie K. Thomas, and Thomas Everett Scott. So I love Thomas Everett Scott. Local yeah, boy. so. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Bridgewater, I think. Yep. Uh, Tim Allen almost starred in Bicentennial Man instead, which is he, he would have had Robin Williams' role. So that movie didn't do well either. So I think either way, 99 wouldn't have gone well financially for Tim Allen. Right. Um, and then you can thank Steven Spielberg for Galaxy Quest's romantic subplot. When the director visited the set, he suggested that Missy Pyle's alien role be expanded 
which is why a subplot involving a romance between her and Tony Shalhoub was added in. Yeah, no, he was, it was awesome. He, when this was pitched at DreamWorks, he had a big, he had more, more control with this, like then, then he kind of leads on to believe he's very much involved with this film nearly in the early stages. Right. And if that guy says something, you should probably listen. Yeah. Especially if it's your first or second. Right. Um, this is, this, the fact that this guy, this is a second movie with all these big names involved is crazy. So we talked about a little bit before we start recording. Usually we talk about stuff that, you know, for movies in the eighties or nineties that if you released it today, it wouldn't really age that well. It wouldn't be accepted. Um, I don't really have anything for this movie. Um, it didn't have anything to me that was particularly offensive. So what, I, you got nothing. I agree. I got nothing. I'd be interested yeah. to see the, uh, the director's cut some day, the radar version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that'd, be, that, that'd be kind of a, that that's ever released. <laughs> so um, we'll skip over that pretty much. Favorite scene. You want to go first for me too? Uh, I'll go first. So, my for my the one that I liked for like comedic relief was um when they're at the expo or whatever it's you know and uh Justin Long and his friends come up to to uh Tim Allen's character and they start asking him all these like in-depth questions and he's he's just had a stressful thing so he kind of snaps at him he's usually really good with fans but he, he... <laughs> hear sports interviews and you know someone will be like hey uh pedro martinez in 1999 when you were when you were facing cleveland you know blah 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 did you you should have thrown the change up and you threw the fastball and whatever and it's like dude he you don't know what you're talking about like so it it was funny to see tim allen kind of lose him lose it on him because it's like yeah i would lose that too i would get so sick of hearing that um but my real uh, favorite scene was uh, probably the end, actually, where they show the crew getting back together, including Jane Doe, uh, who's the alien girl that they took back to Earth, and then Sam Rockwell's character finally being credited. That was that was probably <laughs> my favorite scene. There's so many cool, like just like writing uh, jokes that like that behind the scenes stuff, like what really happens in the movies. It's just funny seeing like you know. Guy number, guy's character in the typical movie would be killed off early on because he doesn't have a last name. Some of the things was just like some of the jokes are so funny, like they're so relevant to what we're used to seeing in films and TV shows. Right. Yeah. No. So, those, so yeah, those are probably those are probably mine. Did you? What was your favorite scene? Yes. Yeah, so my favorite scene is when um, Tim Allen's character Jason and Gwen they get Justin Long's character involved with. So. Yeah. Justin give Long's, a little. Justin, yeah, give a little yeah. Yeah. Justin Long's character in the movie, he's a very, very passionate fan of this canceled show, Galaxy Quest. And he basically, him and his friends know the ins and outs they have. They're the people who like would have fan fiction or make fan fiction. They would have all these different books and other lore. And uh, his character and, their, and his friends, they basically, like I said, know the ins and outs of the entire show. Like his friends have blueprints of the ship's model he knows things that I'm sure the actors didn't even know at the end of the show, which is why they call him. And he just, he is the example of someone who's like a, he's like a Trekkie to the point where he just, it is no longer entertainment. It is part of life. So later on in the movie, towards the end, um, Jason and Gwen are trying to navigate to get to um, a part of the ship, but to do so, they have to go around these, all these obstacles. So the, the ship was built around the show these aliens are huge fans of the show or they thought that they were not fans that they thought they were historical documents as they talk about so i think this is like real life so they based they built their ship off of the show and so with that they included all the crap that went along with the actual show at the, at the same time so they have gwen and jason communicate with justin long's character to help them so he justin long's character gets his friends involved and they're pretty much walking the actors through an episode that they should be more familiar with. And it's just a really cool idea because like you look at Justin Long's character, he's a diehard fan. This is like a fan of Star Trek talking to William Shatner. 
this is like this is what fans would love to be a part of in the past yeah this you're what you're saying it's it's kind of the opposite and he apologized at the beginning of the call so this is tim allen the last time he saw this guy he snapped at him at the like the fan fest or whatever so this is kind of the opposite of what i was saying where it's well it's the same thing and it's the opposite that this guy's never been on the show but he probably knows more about the show than everyone that was on the show so they actually need him and because of a weird like fumble with a like walkie-talkie prop uh right he can talk to him this is like this movie was written by fans of star trek so this is how they would love to see themselves as so they put themselves in justin long's character and then obviously the last fight scene i love how they don't cop out and the ending doesn't resolve super quickly so like we've talked about in the past how if an enemy gets killed off too quickly it just kind of ruins the whole thing this movie they drag it out in a way where it's not boring so like first they blow up the ship and then you see the um enemy board the ship and then at the end it's still not done he ends up boarding the um um, the convention as well so he has three attempts to kill off the actors and i love how they don't resolve this movie super quick one thing i hated though is when they when he the his last attempt they could have done without the army role for Tim Allen. It's like that's that's that not was, super believable. No, that's his character though. That's why I love that. It's his character. That's his character did that sh- stupid crap in the show. Yeah, but so um, you want well, next one is if you could change one thing. You want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first because you're not gonna like what I have to say. <laughs> I mean, no. Now I want you to go first. I what I wrote down was I was trying to think of like what I would change to make the movie better. And I honestly don't think I would change anything without having it be a forced thought for this category. I think this movie from start to finish is just incredible. There's no scene wasted. I feel like the beginning sequences, when we're learning about the actors, I feel like that's all important. We see they're all hazards. They're all just looking for any bit of work at this time because they don't have a lot. Their show's canceled. They have, this is what they're, they're basically known as this cast and that's all they're going to be known for. So it's kind of, I love all that backstory. I love seeing Tim Allen's kind of low point where he's drinking and it's, there's no filler. Then we, we move on to ship pretty fast. We, he comes to his uh, friends and ca- fellow cast members pretty fast. And it just all feels really natural in this environment, this fictional environment. So this isn't, this isn't my, what I would change, but you don't think that they could have, uh, this is something else. I thought they could have done a better job of, um, like it's a TV show, and then all of a sudden, it's there's really aliens. Like, no, I think I think like that's just kind of like you have to go into this <clears throat> as like Star Trek fans believe all this. So this is all real to them. Like this is these stories are real, and like some yeah. people still think this is all real. So like I feel like that was just kind of like you just accept that for the sci-fi world that's in. Okay, it was like if that was like uh, if I was watching, you know big with tom hanks i see aliens come down i'd be like this doesn't fit in this world at all i feel like with, with this movie i see what you're saying but i think with this movie it does fit you have to kind of like accept that sci-fi world i guess see i'm i again i have my own separate thing but this is a weird thing because <clears throat> i didn't want this movie to be any longer but i could have used more like that part happened too fast for me. It went too fast from like, all right, the, you know, fan expos, ha ha ha, to oh, there's really aliens. Like, but but at the same time, I don't want the movie to be any longer. So I guess I I guess I get it. But um, you're not gonna like what I would change. Um, or you go into some negative crap. Then I'm gonna say one more thing. This yeah, yeah, go ahead. So it, no, I wouldn't change anything. But I put down for the same question. It would have been interesting to see what Harrow's version would have looked like of Galaxy Quest. Yeah. I mean, that would mean no to Mountain, which would be ridiculous seeing what we have now, but it'd be really interesting seeing like a more maybe comedic take on the movie. Well, Joe, it's funny you say that because if I could change one thing and this film still has its cult following, so, you know, they don't need my advice, but I would take Tim Allen out and crazy. No, I just, crazy. I, or I don't know. I did. <laughs> Joe's flipping me off in this in the the Zoom meeting. Um, it's. I just don't think he can carry a movie. And, and that's not like I think he. I. Joe's so mad. Joe's so mad. 
I don't think he can carry a movie and um, yeah, that's it. So I would, I don't know who I would have put in there, but not Tim Allen. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you don't think Tim Allen can carry a movie? No, no. <laughs> You've ever seen the have you seen the Santa Claus? Yeah, I, I like Santa Claus, but I think the Santa, I, I really like Santa Claus, but I think the Santa Claus needed less help than this movie did and i'm not trying to be funny i'm not like knocking the movie it's just i don't think like some movies don't need one person to carry it i think this movie could have used a little more help someone with a little uh i don't know i'm gonna gonna mute you right now i've had (laughs) i've had an advice i'm gonna mute you all right all right we're done that's that's it (laughs) no i i do like tim allen he has a lot of talent around him in this movie for sure every act in this movie is some top-notch talent so i maybe like if you look at from like that angle where it's like you see a lot of talent around him because he might not be the most talented person on that set for sure you have signori weaver like she's incredible but he might not be the most talented person on that set right because like weaver is like weaver is sam rockwell is amazing they're both who is the janitor on the set Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub's more than the janitor is more talented than Tim Allen. No, that's not true. But no, but I, I, I do like I, I see what you're saying though. I I personally love Tim Allen, but but no, but but here's the thing is I like Tim Allen too, but I think part of it is I, I got the the charm of Tim Allen is that he's like like a, a goof who messes everything up. And so that's why, like, I don't buy him as this, like, smooth talking. I'm going to meet the fans. They're all going to love me. And I'm going to do a somersault and shoot the bad guy and whatever. Like, he can do a lot of – he can carry other movies like that. I just don't buy him as a leading man like that. But, so. You're going to hurt his, you're gonna hurt his feelings. When Tim Allen, uh, when, Tim Allen he went, when he went for this role, he was a big fan of sci-fi. And he wanted to act like a real commander, he said in one of his interviews. He acted. He wanted to act like a real commander. So yeah, I'm sure he gave it his Tim Allen college <laughs> try. And he used all his acting ability. And this is what we got. So um, so that's, that's all the categories. Um, we're to the end now where we rate this film. Uh, if, you've, if you've listened to previous episodes, you, you remember, you might know how we do it. But if not, we rate films on a score of one to five. Uh, would you pay a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you watch the movie, you watch 20 minutes of it, and you're like, you know, Tim Allen can't carry a film, and you return it that night. A score of five is, you know, you're Joe, and it's it's one of your favorite movies of all time. You you own the Blu-ray that you let Eric borrow so he didn't have to pay to rent this movie, <laughs> which Eric appreciates, but you love it, so it's a five. So one to five. Do I go first? You go first, yep. All right, so I didn't know what to expect to watch the movie at all. I talked about that earlier. Wasn't too excited to watch it. But then when I read the reviews and the scores, I was like, all right, this is probably going to probably gonna be pretty good. I, I didn't really get it, but I did the research trying to figure out why I didn't get it. And I think that I missed a lot of the best parts because I was never into – I never had something like this, like whether it's like Star Trek or some show that you're – really into so there's a whole bunch of stuff that i just didn't get so since there wasn't enough other stuff to carry the film for me the movie was kind of just like perfectly mediocre not mad that i watched it but i'll probably never feel a need to watch it again to me personally it may have been like hearing you talk about it honestly makes me like like it i get it more like i get why you like it um it may, I probably would have given it a, I probably wouldn't have liked it, but the things that saved it was like trying to understand the target audience and how they would feel about it. Also, Alan Rickman's in it, who I love. And then the, I thought, not so much the Rain Wilson thing, because he doesn't really do anything, but uh, Justin Long, he, he, he got some points. So I gave it a medial, medium score of, of 2.5. Joe, Joe is, he just quit the podcast. as a rookie of the year you... <laughs> i don't think it is i thought i gave rookie of the year i'll look i'll, I'll do the research no nah, i'm just kidding because i know we're basing off we're not going back past reviews all right all right so i get what you're saying i, I agree with your points how it's for like you know you, as i'm a fan of tv shows 
I'm just going to talk for a minute and trash on uh, trash on this movie until he can get back on on screen. <laughs> oh, there, am, I, am I back? My back? <laughs> you're back. I, you're... All right. Can we now? Or to freeze again? Are we getting a lot of this set? I think a lot of it. You got arrested. Can hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you now. Yeah, but I was just yeah. talking about Tim Allen's previous life struggles. Don't want to talk about that. <laughs> All right. So I, I get what you're saying. Like. I've always kind of been like that passionate fan for shows where I just like, I try and get behind it and I try and like save it. This would be a fun time to tell the story of, uh, Black our movies, well, the OC. I remember how that, oh, our, old, our old IMDb or the, our old, uh, IMDb. Oh. this might be a good time to tell that story because I was trying to save the OC at that time. So. And what was it that I see an IMDb post? Yes. So what was so what was the whole story? Yeah, I, I remember so it, but I don't remember the details. Eric was my boss at a place called Movie Scene where we met, and the OC was gang canceled. It was pretty much clear as day. They posted about it, but Fox decided to give fans some hope by going on a website and signing your name for like a petition to save it. So. <laughs> So what do I do is I put make a big sign up. I put it in front of the cashier. So when people come to check out, they'll see this post and they'll turn my computer around and they can quickly sign the petition. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a fan thing to do. But Eric, before he leaves, he's like, Joe, take the sign down because Eric was a prick of a boss. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, Joe. Because Eric didn't want to get fired. Take the sign down. And I'm like, okay, fine, I will. So Eric leaves. <laughs> what do I do? I put the sign back up. All right. So the entire night, I'm getting people signed. People are like, you know, I have, I have mothers coming in. They're like, my daughter loves this show. I'm like, me too. She's like, I'll sign it. I'm like, fantastic. So I would turn the computer around and she would sign it. It was going great. All right. Yeah. Everyone's daughter so, and Joe like that show. Joe, we're all big fans. We all have that much in common. So I come home and a long time ago, IMDb had boards, a form you can talk on. They've since closed it because it's just one giant toxic cancer fest. Everyone's super like every that. other, yeah. Right. But back, up, but we had this thread going on. A bunch of fans, what they're doing to try and save the OC. So I share my. I, I was like, guys, I'm doing it. I I I got a bunch of signatures. I doing this much, and who comments back? <laughs> Motherfucking Eric <laughs> comments. He's like, Joe, is that you? And I was like. Shh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> and the lesson, ladies and gentlemen, is it's not as big of a deal when it's your mo- your video rental store career and you're making six dollars an hour, but don't post stuff online. <laughs> to- I, I want to know what Eric was doing the OC forum. <laughs> I bet I bet you honestly, I was like, I bet you Joe's. I can find something that Joe's doing here. He's probably yeah. <laughs> That is, I forgot about that story though. That's a great so that, that ties into this, story. That ties into this whole thing pretty well. So I was that fan to the point where like I would try and do whatever I could to save any show. Chuck had Subway sandwiches and then eventually Subway ends up sponsoring a little bit of Chuck to save it. Um, Jericho had this big stupid peanut thing where fans would send CBS peanuts because it was a reference in the show and that saved Jericho and so forth. Um, so like it's fun seeing a movie based on just passionate fans of something, and that might be why I like it more. I like it, I think, even more now than I did as a kid. But seeing it now as someone who's seen Star Trek, who kind of appreciates that fan base as well, it's really fun just seeing a movie about has been actors who don't have much work, and they're just trying to basically do whatever they can. So like they'll get any job they you see them working for like ads and all that to getting to read to live their fiction on like in a real world for them the cast might be one of my favorite casts in any film like eric was saying justin long's character for his debut he's so good in it he has one of my favorite scenes in the movie i think tim allen is great in this movie as like the sarcastic kind of snarky leader everyone just does so well in it and this is a movie that i've watched at least once a year i try getting friends to watch it Back in the day when I had movies at my school or whatever, I would bring this movie in as like the, the thing to view. 20 years, and it's just getting more and more popular, I think. What do you think I'm going to give it, Eric? Five. Five? <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what I'm giving. Yeah. No, I, uh, 
I get it. I'll have, I'll have movies that it goes the other way. I just think if you can't relate to it, it's not as, since it's not a well done movie, if you can't, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, but no, but that's it. So that's not bad for an average score, five and two and a half. So that's not bad. No, eh, well, it's pretty split there. Really split, yeah. but but I like I said, I I get your reasoning behind the behind the review. So yeah, it's 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 very similar, seriously, to the to the Goofy movie one, like where it's like I get how if you were young when that came out, or if you're young now, you would watch it and like it. I just can't relate to that. So anyway, the beer, uh, the In Ain't Easy Double IPA from Radiant Pig Craft Beer is very good, solid double IPA, and we will be back with another uh, beer from Radiant Pig Craft Beer's next episode, which is, like I said, I didn't know that was going to happen, but it happened. So <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Uh, suggestions are always welcome. Shoot us a message, and I'm supposed to pick next, which I and I'm going to give that pick in a second. But if you shoot us a message, um, Fat Stew or anyone else, and you want to cut to the front of the line, we, you will do that. Um, so worth the late fee is the Instagram. Follow us on there. Uh, my next pick, I said, I've said the past few weeks, I'm trying to go 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s. And I did an 80s pick for my last film. So this one, we're going back to the 90s. And this film is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated comedies in general, definitely of the 90s. <clears throat> my brother and I really like it. We've always liked it. I still quote it all the time. But I'll be honest, not a lot of people that I know love it. Um, we're going to be watching Jim Carrey's 1996 dark comedy, The Cable Guy. I just watched that movie too. I love that movie. You're oh, awesome. Good. I think it's the most, no one talks about it. Me, my brother, uh, my brother and I's friend, uh, whose name is also Eric. It's, if you, we'll talk about it on the podcast, but if you watch that when you were like 14 and you didn't like it, go back and watch it as an adult. It's, We'll talk about it next episode, but yeah, I love I'm it. So. I'm excited to watch that again. And I have a great beer selection for that too, also from Radiant uh, Pig Craft Beer. So just a weird coincidence, but that's it. Other than that, thank you guys very much for listening. And uh, Joe, you want to give the the, the quote to, to sign off? No, I want to, I want to let you all know that you can all erase Eric's review from this from this podcast. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go back and edit this one now. I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to go back to one of his other podcasts and edit out a five and just plant that in here as well somewhere. <laughs> if it if it happens to Joe's <laughs> current editing state or editing pace, it'll you should see that up by maybe maybe by twelve December twenty fifth of two thousand twenty. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, yeah. But you got to right. you got to give the sign off. Oh, you you know it. Everyone, thank you for listening and never give up, never surrender.